0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our podcast series, Iconic Ads with Devlina and Saurav, presented by Icons Behind Brands. I'm your host, Devlina, and I am with Mr. Saurav Bajaj, and we are all set to discuss another iconic ads by famous brand Coca Cola. And today, our guest is Ms. Suparna Madan, who is a brand marketing and insight professional with experience working across cultures and in multiple nations. She has a proven track record of developing business solutions. She has a long history of working with FMCG companies, including well-known companies like Coca-Cola and Mondelez International. Her area of expertise include consumer behavior, category, brand strategy, and brand communication. Before we start, the campaign. Uh, let me play the ad and uh, then we will jump into the conversation.
1: Sarutta hai ummeed mein. Sarutta hai prathna
2: mein.
1: Sarutta hai masti mein. Sarutta hai sab kuch ke liye. सर उठता है शुक्रिया में सर उठता है जश्न और सर हमेशा उठता है कोका कोला के साथ न जाने कितने होटों को छू रहा है कितने दिलों में उतर रहा है कोका कोला पियो सर उठा के
0: about your association with coca-cola that particular point of time and your involvement with the ad campaign
2: sure so uh, i joined coca-cola in 2005 and i joined as the insights manager so i was uh, i was handling consumer insight the uh, market share piece which used to be uh, very uh very interesting because in coke versus pepsi the, the competition is very intense it's it's actually like a street fight, you know, and I was handling the brand equity work for the cola brand. So, there was coke, there was thumbs up and then there were the, the zeros of the world, you know, the smaller ones that were supposed to be the future. So, that's basically the work that I was doing in 2005. Uh, two, 2005 was a unique year because um, just two years prior, uh, the entire drink industry had been hit by the pesticide controversy. And there had been huge volume tanking and you know there was there was a massive impact of uh, that which had happened. And that itself is a very interesting story because just prior to that is when liberalization had ha- had happened. And the country was opening up and there was a lot of investment that the companies, the uh, uh, soft drink giants had done. To try and make affordability you know something uh, uh, possible. So there was a lot of investment, I don't know if you remember that Tanda Matlab Coca Cola ads in which there was a paanch ka ad you know like Carbon kitna so, there was massive investment which had been done, a lot of bottlers had been brought in, the glass had been purchased. We used to have glass bottles at that point in time. So, it used to be I think almost 65% used to be glass bottles. So, you had to purchase the glass, get the inventory in place and uh, there were massive scale-up plans which had been impacted very badly by uh, pesticide in 2003 and slowly we were limping back in 2005. Uh, So, this is 2005 is when we had started seeing uh, a revival and it was also a year where uh, commodities were again, you know, uh, taking us for a joyride. So, we had to take pricing, massive pricing we had taken. I think if I'm not mistaken, it was almost double digit pricing. And uh, obviously, it was staged but that is something that, you know, we were working on through 2005 and 2006. And we were thinking, "Ha, we'll be able to sail through." Now people have forgotten about the pesticide incident. And anyway, we've you know cleaned up, you know everything, all the work that needed to be done from a reassuring consumers part that has been completely done. And you know there is a, we have a very clear understanding of what is going on. 2006 August, second pesticide controversy. So we were you know we woke up in the morning and we realized that okay, this is what the newspapers are saying. It's been blown up to the skies all over again, and it was so. Um, so uh, scathing, I mean actually the thing is, the truth is that when you, when consumers are just getting over, you know, a certain kind of an allegation in a way and uh, they've started in a way trusting you again and then something like this blows up. It it doesn't have, it's not as though it has to be your fault because these are all trials by media, right? But uh, when something like this happens, a a lot of faith breaks down so forget what people think about the brand you know people were even um, they were very openly talking to coke employees and calling them you know calling them out saying that listen you guys are you know working for a company which is like this and nobody wanted to listen to the truth okay so it didn't matter how much the quality team had invested in you know whatever making sure there was I think some double carbon filter, some massive, you know, investment in quality systems, massive investments in figuring out whether the groundwater that you're taking or whatever water that you're taking is actually the pesticides used to come from the water only. Well, tea would have, you know, more pesticide than a bottle of coke. But when something like this happens and there is somebody pointing fingers, consumers don't want to listen to this. And there were situations when I had gone to, you know, whatever social occasions and in the middle of social occasions family friends would point fingers and say oh you're working for this company and it would be very very um, it would be awkward and I remember that um, I think in a couple of days into this maybe maybe a week or 10 days a week I think uh, the CEO and the quality team they called a the meeting of the entire staff so we were gathered in the cafeteria that was the largest room all, all tables and chairs had been removed everybody was there and the quality head i still remember him and the um, corporate affairs head they were standing over there in front of all of us fearless and they took us through point by point by point on how much the company had actually done to make sure that you know our products are safe and our products are you know completely free of these kind of allegations and it was a uh, it was a unique time because I had not seen something like this before so like people standing fearlessly in front of you know a team of maybe I don't know 200-300 people and saying you ask me a question I will answer it and uh, they went through the entire piece with us they went through all the data and then it was the baton was in our hands so as the marketing team as the insights team we had to figure out okay find the you know lack of faith that we felt the reassurance that we have received over here, we have to take this forward to consumers. And how do we do it? And believe me, it wasn't simple. Because when this happened, when this controversy happened for the second time, uh, the superstars who were actually on the brands, they were uh, they were very concerned. They were not very uh, eager to, you know, just simply, okay, tell me what it is and we can figure out. I remember that we had to walk the, the teams of the superstars. In fact, they hired their own quality people because they could you know to understand the technical piece and they had our guys run random tests picking up samples across markets and explaining it to their quality teams explaining to them this is what the product is this is how the testing has been done these are the parameters and it was a massive massive job even convincing them uh, you know that listen we are in the we are in, we are in the right and we need to solve for this so you've been with us Uh, And this is not something which is, you know, which we are responsible for. We have taken active steps in the past. This is not something that, you know, um, is true. So, but, you know, just standing up in front of consumers and, you know, putting that out, it many times, even the messaging part, which is the work that we did afterwards, you have to handle it very carefully because what you say in 2003, Saying that no, 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 whatever, you know, there are different ways in which you handle it. Is It's the second time when it happens, it's not necessarily what people want to hear. Or even in terms of which the brand that you're working on, what is the tonality that you employ. It's a very different uh, kind of conversation. So we used multiple rules saying, okay, fine. How do we talk to the consumers? Should we keep silent? Should we stand upright? Should we just say no, no, no and deny all of these allegations? Should we Give them, um, you know, quality proof. Will they understand what we are saying in terms of okay, fine, these are the values and this is the testing which has been done. Do they even, do they even care about that? What do they want? So there was a lot of uh, work that was done, and incidentally, I think that was Third Eye only, um, Saurabh who was working on that study at that time. Third Eye and yeah. one more agency. And um, what we realized was that there there are two very different pictures emerging for different brands. In the case of Coca Cola. Which was uh, a much more multinational, much more international kind of a brand, and a much smaller brand as well. The tonality that the consumers wanted was very different. So the moment you went and told them something directly, uh, the the image and the associations that they already had about multinationals, mm. uh, you know, versus what they feel about an Indian brand, was very very different. So that you could not go and directly tell them that oh you know what this is all wrong. You could not use technical language, them. consumers are not technical. You could not keep quiet. And you could not even be, you know, very gentle in terms of, okay, fine, let's just do our regular advertising. So actually, the communication that was crafted, which you see um, with Amir Khan, PO sir, Othake, there was a lot of work that went into reassuring consumers about the quality of the product, uh, about the pride that we have in the product. And this was followed by snippets of, uh, you know, smaller ads in which we, w- we were giving technical data. So this was a thematic in which uh, the entire piece is about, you know, how how you can feel proud and about drinking this product. You can be proud about being associated with this product. There was a lot of uh, convincing that had gone, you know, in this for various people, various stakeholders. I remember being in insights. Uh, I remember the quality team had come and sit with me and that was my first experience with the quality team and they were asking for massive amounts of data because apparently a lot of this data was getting submitted to the government and the government was going to sit and decide on a couple of things. So it was very, very sensitive and uh, we realized that this is the kind of tonality that's going to work and this is the the communication that was uh, taken forward for Coca-Cola. On the other hand, we realized that this is not something that's going to work for thumbs up. So there were multiple routes which were explored for thumbs up as well and given the kind of brand it is first of all it was seen as an indian brand it's a very male brand it's masculine Uh, it is not a brand that is you know it steps back or it shies away that's not the persona of the brand so the kind of treatment that we had to do with that and we have a chiranji we had for that in which there is a truth challenge uh, that was very very different from the route that was taken for coca-cola even though the uh, overall macro situation was the same
1: so we're just reflecting on the fact that you know every single packaged product has been through this controversy yet we savor food in a dhaba or you know a puchka on a roadside and you know so on and so forth and that it doesn't bother us as much as the smallest controversy in a western packaged food so just wondering why is that
2: so um actually you are right and i think what happens is um, there are two things that i can think of one is that when you look at what you buy from the roadside or what you buy you know, street foods or whatever they, they have a sense of familiarity about them okay. So, there's something that you've been using and eating for decades. There's something that you know that's been there your family has been consuming it. So, what, what you're familiar with you will uh, not necessarily you know question it that much. So that's the first thing. Uh, and the second thing is that when you look at multinational products and particularly Western products, so it could be biscuits, it could be soft drinks, it could be noodles. These are not teplas or bujia or you know, th- these are actually Western formats as well. So, when you look at these and you look at a multinational branding on top of that, a, lo- a lot of these categories have been created based on the fundamentals of your creating brand love, okay so what you feel at a mass scale from a brand love perspective is, you know, oh i love maggie you know i don't like maggie i love maggie or i love coke and i think this is much more true about say 10-15 years ago than possibly now where media is much more fragmented the more you love something the more you will um, you will push back when you hear negative news so you know, like the higher you rise, the lower you can fall. So I think these two things are possibly, you know, coming to my mind from.
1: So, uh, tell me, uh, from your experience, uh, what are potentially the various models that brands have adopted? Uh, I mean, have they all, in your opinion, followed a similar line of, uh, you know, defense in terms of bringing a celebrity, bring in some assurance, and is that the way? Or do you feel there are, you know, various ways to deal with a challenge like this?
2: so it uh, it depends on a couple of things one is what is the stature of the brand in that particular country or the geography what is the kind of you know brand love it is seeing what is the scale of the brand and what is the type of problem so I think the kind of response that you need to give to an article in the newspaper versus a consumer who's saying that he'll put it on Twitter uh, versus the pesticide thing, I think it, it has to be measured and the response has to be tailored to the situation. One
0: more question on uh, you know on the ad side. Uh, so when you said that the when the team decided to you know respond back on this uh, scenario, uh, so. Uh, you floated a lot of communication through ads and other things. So how was the acceptance from the consumer side where they were like, so, uh, you know, aggressive, like they were uh, talking to the employees in this tone. So how was the acceptance and how long it took for the consumer to accept this brand as their own?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a very interesting question. And I remember that we had put up uh, weekly tracks. So, I possibly Saurabh Bajaj will know that I used to release monthly tracks and people used to say it's not frequent enough. And for this one, initially we had, uh, I'm talking about the pesticide controversy in 2006. We initially had daily tracks for almost, I think, month and a half to look at consumer sentiment, which we then tapered off to weekly tracks and then eventually we moved back to monthly. And I think the most important thing that we realized after the entire outrage and, you know, that, that was over was the reason consumer, real consumers, okay, the reason real consumers, normal consumers were asking was because they wanted to be reassured. Okay, so this is, um, this was a very important aspect and it was a little bit different because over time, you know, as as the years went by, gradually the acceptability of international brands had grown and what people wanted what they were really asking for was tell me why i should believe you it was not like it was it was less about i don't believe you go away it was more about explain to me why should i believe you why should i trust you again and i I want to trust you but please walk me through it so that i think was a very very encouraging piece if i remember correctly i think by the end of 2007 we were uh, taking off again so luckily this happened in 2006 after the peak season was over so we had a little bit of time to kind of you know figure out our response and then I think if I remember correctly it took about maybe maybe about 18 months whereas the first round was much more painful I think the first time that it happened it was it was longer than two years if I'm not mistaken but here by the time 18 months were gone uh, we had started seeing consumers feeling reassured great
1: great no i think it's a fabulous conversation i think we covered a lot so
2: yeah we covered almost a
0: lot of interesting aspects here uh, the pesticide controversy so this was one of the very insightful conversation uh, on the controversies so sort of i would love to know about the uh, takeaways and learnings from this uh, particular piece of conversation of coca-cola
1: I think this is a super valuable, uh, you know, conversation because I think this is every marketeer's nightmare, you know, for any marketeer, any brand, getting a, uh, you know, getting a controversy on your brand. I mean, there can be nothing worse than this, right? Yeah. And how does a marketer deal with this? I think is very, very important. It should be almost something that I should, I believe should be there in the, uh, you know, marketing textbooks, you know, there should be, there should be, uh, uh, you know, almost a guideline for marketeers to follow right uh there doesn't one exist so maybe this episode is the one maybe dealing
0: the
1: crisis yes yes now how do you do crisis management uh, Hmm. in the crisis of you know the consumer's uh you know confidence right now let's just take out the three learning that we have had from this episode i think the first learning for me is that you know fmcg brands which are very very simple products that we do use in our everyday basis they have very simple functional benefits a large part of their existence of those brands are emotional. They are built on the emotional equity that has been built. It's been the brand love that makes these brands relevant. And if that if there's the smallest, uh, you know, uh, shake-up on that, the entire building can come crashing down, yeah? And hence, I think it is very, very important in today's time in the social media world for brands and manufacturers to invest in social listening, to invest in consumer panels, to invest in consumer tracks, to really have a clear idea what is the large mass of humanity thinking and feeling about them so that they can preempt a crisis and not have to respond or react. Yeah, that's the first thing. The second piece of learning for me in this conversation is, has been the fact that, that, you know, you cannot have a knee-jerk reaction. You know, you have to have, you have to really study the consumer, use your insights function, get your tools in place so that you respond in the right way. Yeah, and this is not necessarily a right way. This can always be a tailored way. So, in the case of you know Coke, the insight that we had that consumers wanted to believe the brand, and they were basically saying, why should I believe you, rather than saying that I don't believe you, right? And that piece of understanding was so important in figuring out your response strategy. You know, so that really was really valuable. The third part of the learning is the fact that your employees are your ambassadors. They are your first line of defense. They are the first people that that react and get affected by such controversies. And hence, it's not only the outside consumer that you need to talk to. It is also the inside consumer. It's your employees that you need to have a channel of communication open with, where you take ideas from them as well as give ideas to and give confidence to. You know, I think for me, these are the three things are very critical, right? And hence, like in summary, Our FMCG brands are largely built on emotional benefits. It is very important to have social listening to understand what the consumer is talking about. Second, it is very important to take a step back get an insight as to what is the consumer thinking and feeling so you don't do a knee-jerk reaction and third prioritize on giving confidence to your ambassadors your internal employees as much if not more than the consumer because that's the first line of defense so i think for me these are true takeouts on probably crisis handling in an fmcg mm-hmm. situation
0: wow that was amazing to know how this tagline coca-cola po sir utake came into the picture and there is no doubt When it comes to advertising, consumers play a crucial role and Coca-Cola did the same by creating a connection through the visualization of so many emotions. That's it for today, let's meet in the next episode.